Welcome to Karate in the Garage. I'm Corey Cope. Freddie Waff. Feb Brew Buried. <laughs> yeah, I nailed it the first time. Woo! You did. Jesus. Feb Brew Buried. Twa. Number three. Uh, we're breaking the mold. Yeah. We give you some desert noir. Boom, boom. And now we give you desert horror. Yeah. Horror. Total desert horror. 2005's Feast from director John Gulliger from Project Greenlight Season 3. Project Greenlight Season 3 from Ben and Matt and Chris Moore. Yeah. Give you more of what you're dying for. <laughs> season 3. Project Greenlight. Yeah. What I remember most about that season of Project Greenlight was how the budget was so cut. Yeah. And it was still $3.2 million. I'm like, well, how much were, how much are Shaker Heights and Stolen Summer? These, this is only $3.2 million. Uh, I don't remember exactly. I think, I feel like Shaker Heights was closer to $5 million. I'm yeah. pretty sure that's what it was. But they also had two directors and a writer involved. Right. Because right. you know, that, they, they tried to shake that season up and like, you know, separate it. I think season three was kind of a return to what they had done on season one, right? Like right. where the writer and director were the same person. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. this guy, and this guy's not without pedigree, which was kind of, I was like, is this a cheat? I remember yeah. like thinking, you know, John Gulliger or how do you, is it Gulliger? Right. Cause he's Clue's yeah, dad. I mean, Clue's yeah. dad. Cause I used to say Gallagher and then I'm like, Oh, I realized no, not even close. It was, by the way, it was this show. It was Project Greenlight where I knew how to say it properly. <laughs> yes, correct. And I still think I just butchered it. Uh, That's but, right. Right? Like, and, and Clue's great in it, dude. Like, yeah. Thank God. I mean, I feel like, is that, is, was he the piece? Like, he, they go like, hey, we got Clue. And everybody's all, <laughs> yeah, I want to work with Clue. And everybody else was in. I mean, that's kind of what I would say. That, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Yeah, I mean, he, he's an OG, man. That guy's been around. It's, and this wasn't his first horror movie. He was no. in the second Friday the 13th. I mean, sorry, isn't second he, Nightmare on Elm Street. Isn't he, and isn't he in uh, Return of the Living Dead? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he runs I mean, the medical place. Yeah. Yeah, so he's got pedigree, like big time. He's got more pedigree in he's horror than cred. anybody else in the movie. <laughs> he's got more street cred than Henry Rollins. Yeah. More. Dude, Henry Rollins looks like the poor man's Treat Williams. I laughed. I kept thinking, oh my God, dude. Like, he's like the terrible version of Treat Williams. <laughs> Treat Williams. The reason why I enjoy this casting of this movie so much, it really is just this melting pot of performers yeah, and varying totally. levels and ethnicity. And just, it's so cool. But I got to say, Henry Rollins is the weak link. Yeah, look, I, I I have the hardest time like like his little mo those those two motivational speeches is just seems so bad, dude. Like yeah, like he's just, it's just like what are you doing, dude? Just do your spoken word angry guy thing because whatever you're doing here is not working, man. Yeah, yeah. And the cool thing is is like we talked about during the losers. You had that opening with the with the frozen oh yeah frozen intros of all these characters dude. and his something some like a poor man's anthony robbins and i'm like going that is the only time his character's funny and it's not really him being funny <laughs> it's just a line yeah. it's just graphic well, that's what's funny. crazy about that opening like i, I i'm digging it because i love the way that you're fucking you're introduced to all the characters so that we don't right. have to spend a bunch of time figuring out who they are and i like the fact that like they're telling you what's going to happen but maybe they're not Right. Because it's all bullshit, which <laughs> is great bullshit. too, because you're like, oh, fuck that, you know, so they're creating some good misdirection. It's a good way on a low budget movie yeah. to set up scares, right? And yeah. to set things up and to, you know, 
to confuse the audience. It's great, but there's too many characters, man. It goes on forever. I'm just like, God damn it. Just fucking start killing people. Let's, yeah. Where's the monster? Yeah. There's, there's, I don't want to say there's too, too many characters. There's too many like characters. Like yeah, we talked dude, about. Exactly. There's like, uh, there's points when I'm like, I thought she was dead. <laughs> the, the women are, yeah. they look, they look similar to one another. Maybe that's the point. Uh, maybe that was intentional. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I would, I would be interested in listening to some commentary, uh, like a commentary track on this thing. If there was such a thing, maybe there is on the DVD. I think there is. Cause I never, I never saw the project green light or if I did, I don't ever remember any of that coming up in it, but maybe it was in project green light. Cause that might be a thing. I didn't think of it till right now. Cause that, that could very well explain why all the actresses look so similar. You know, they are right. supposed to be like, wait a second. I thought she was, <laughs> they're just fucking with us basically. Maybe. I don't know. Right. How about when Baltasar Getty shows up and you think it's Charlie Sheen for a moment? <laughs> yeah. I was bummed, but Project Greenlight is on HBO and it's on Max, but yeah. it's only for season four. They don't have any of the previous three seasons. And I can't, this isn't all because of the, the recent changes in ownership and, and, um, and all the nutty stuff that we've been seeing go on with, with uh, Warner Brothers Discovery. It hasn't been on HBO in a lot of years. And I, mean, I think it's a lot to do with just rights issues because there's lots of music using these things. And, and, yeah. And the bigger problem is, is that none of the four movies are Warner Brothers movies. So there's also right. become rights of what they can show and can't show. Yeah, exactly. I mean, initially, didn't it start on Sundance, though? I thought. Uh, Sundance Channel or something know, like that? And, or maybe. Was it IFC? Oh, no, no. I think it was like, uh, was it an A&E? Maybe. Oh, I thought it was. I thought it was IFC or, or AMC. Oh, maybe it was AMC. It was AMC, I believe. I yeah. Because I think the second one, uh, Battle Shaker Heights, which I worked on, I think that was the first one on HBO. Yeah. I think. Because I think it jumped. I think because I think it was a reality show and HBO, nobody was doing reality shows except for like, you know, AMC or whoever at that point. Yeah. I mean, one of the crazy things about this movie is... Um, that opening, that teaser, dude, like once, like all the yep. introductions are stopped and yep. you, fucking Eric Dane comes kicking in the door. <laughs> dude, there's, you know what's so great about this movie is like, it's 87 minutes and there's nothing, even though, again, the, the, what we just mentioned about there being too many people in it, it's, even though that's the case, it never feels bogged down. It goes right at you right away. Like the opening, yeah. you flip in two, you're in the middle of a car chase. Boom. Like this, you just see that little weird little super eight opening, right? Right. And then it's fucking over, man. It's just fucking balls to the wall, evil, dead, two kind of nuttiness. And it does a lot of things that you don't expect it to. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's the moment like where the creature and the creature moves so fast. At one point, yeah. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Like, you know, and then yeah. that chick's leg falls off. And I'm like, yeah. What <laughs> just happened? You know, I did the kind of things you, you don't even see it coming. And what's weird about the, that, that first opening, like I said, like you, we get, we get the hero by, again, am I going to blow this? I feel like everybody who's seen this movie is already God, seen, I is hope, everybody see it. Has, I mean, here's the thing, uh, you know, what? we'll put a disclaimer at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, so if because <laughs> look, dude, when Dane shows up and he's like, I'm the guy who's going to save your asses and immediately is killed. I was like, fuck, that's yeah. when I knew I was in. I was like, okay, yeah. this is the movie. This movie's for me. That's perfect. I mean, yeah. you just lied to me and told me this guy, you literally just told me this guy was going to save you and you're in the, in the freeze frame, told me the same 
same. And yet you killed him the moment after you <laughs> told me I'm in a hundred percent. Yeah. Dude, this cast is great though. You already mentioned Eric Dane. We've already mentioned Henry Rollins. Balthazar Getty's in it. And uh, he's, you first meet him and uh, Josh Zuckerman, right? Yes. They're just kind of like playing pool with Jason Mewes playing himself. <laughs> That was right? great. Hey, Jay. That's a that's a that's a favor for Ben Affleck going on right there, or vice versa, depending on how you want to look at it. Yeah, I'm gonna say it was more of uh, Ben doing Jason a favor. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, you know, at the same time, both Ben and Matt were in Dogma, so there there could just be a friendship of both of them. Say, just yeah. throw them in this movie. Hey, dude, you want to be in our movie? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, Jenny Wade is in it. Who, if, if any of you are fans of Reaper. She was in the latter season of that playing uh, one of the, um, was she a gargoyle? What the fuck was she again? Oh, I'm, I can't uh, remember what she was on that. But yeah. that's what, but, but with her and Krista Allen playing Tuffy. Yes. That is where you and I both, yeah, and I've seen it numerous starts. times. <laughs> yeah, you get them confused, especially once Jenny Way's been covered in, in goo. Right. <laughs> and then it's just like, let me let me fix this real quick because Project Greenlight first two seasons were on HBO. Third okay. season, which is this season, was on Bravo. Bravo, there you yep. go. That's why we there kept thinking so, AMC or A and E. That's why we're yeah, doing yeah, that. totally. Yeah. So, it, but it, we had it backwards. So it was HBO, HBO, then Bravo. Like HBO dumped it after the second season. Okay, so that actually is telling to why we get a lower budget here. So even across the board, yes. the two Project Greenlight movies we talked about for the first two seasons didn't fare well in the theater. So. Everything gets a gets a downgrade, downgrade on the show and a downgrade on the movie budget. So yeah, right there you go. So uh, you know, at least we at least we cleared that up. Um. <laughs> By the way, since on the cast situation, um, the the biker mom, you know, they they call her Harley Mom. That was her name, yeah, because they all have funny names, right? Right. Um, that is John Gulliger's wife. Oh, hilarious. so it's a family affair going on. It here. totally is a family <laughs> affair, right? <laughs> We talked um, before we got on mic about references to Jaws and Godzilla minus zero, but they take some cues from Jaws and it's in a lot of ways, but more most specifically is how well they hide the creature. And you mentioned about what they do is they write in the aspect of moving so fast that you can't keep up with it. Well, that means you don't have to see it on camera. Yeah. And if you're, if you don't remember uh, on Project Greenlight for that season three, they were having problems of getting creatures the way they wanted to look, and they yeah. couldn't get more than one of them. And so this is how they worked around it, just like how Spielberg did with Jaws. Like the shark right. wasn't working, so let's just not see it as much. Exactly, and it's, it's the movie's better for it because what oh, my yeah. what, my one thing is like. There's points where I'm like, oh, dude, they're just ripping off Pumpkinhead. And then, um, but then you don't see it enough to like really sort of, you know what I mean? There's a moment. Okay. There's a moment. When they're watching and he's like, dude, they're the, the creatures, they're fucking <laughs> and they're looking through it and they're looking at it through the keyhole and you're only seeing silhouettes. That's the best thing that could have ever happened. Yeah. Right. Cause you see the silhouettes and you know, and it's kind of funny. And are you talking um, about when they're boning? <laughs> yes. When they're boning, when the, when the, yes, the two aliens are boning after they pike the baby and put it outside on the stick. Yeah. They, they, so they kill the, they kill a the little, oh, dude, I love to, when they were running around trying to find the baby and it's up on the fucking moose head, fucking it. Dude. Yeah. I know. Dude, there's so much about ridiculous. this movie. It's so ridiculous. And then, again, he gets killed, ends up on a spike, and they stick it out there because, you know, Coach Henry Rollins' character says that we have to assert dominance. Right. So what do they do? Well, mom eats the dead baby. 
And then her and Papa bone and immediately squat down and drop two more. Right. It was, and I think it's already kind of nutty. And what they do is so great was they had Judah Freelander, like totally like play by playing the whole scene. Dude. Right. I mean, that's one of the ways you work around. You can't look at it. I mean, you're seeing just enough of it to like, and then someone's telling you what's happening. Yeah. So your mind is just filling in the blanks. It's like Photoshop. <laughs> like, here's what's really going on. Keep staring at the, through the keyhole, and I'm going to tell you what's happening. I remember how much grief Gulliger was getting, John, uh, when he was from uh, watching the watching Greenlight, and how much resistance he was getting. And it wasn't from Ben and Matt. You know what I mean? It was more. Yeah, it was from Chris. Of course, it was. Yeah, and it was just this big push, and watching this movie and this is why of the three movies this is why this one is the most entertaining and it pulls off what it meant to pull off and that it's independent horror sensibilities because that's exactly what it is it yeah. never tries to be more than it is and when they run into budgeting issues they've been their their movie is better for the creative choices they make to make up for those limitations and like we just said it's that's why it works just because you've made the thing doesn't mean you should put it on film. Right. As far as whatever gag you're creating or the creature you've created or whatever it is. And they knew their limitations here. The creature never looked the way John wanted it to look. Or for that matter, Patrick and Marcus, the two writers who uh, did the whole trilogy of Feast movies and then went on did a handful of the Saw movies. So these guys understand where the playground that they're working in. The best way to describe this movie, I'm going to, for me, is it, it's like if John Carpenter's The Thing smoked a whole bunch of crack. <laughs> yes. You'd get this nutty fucking shit. Yeah. 10 years after From Dust Till Dawn, also. And it's got that vibe too. Yes. I kind of enjoy this more than Dusk Till Dawn, weirdly enough. And, and it, yeah, because Dusk is uneven. And the, the second half, when it turns into Evil Dead, um, which is what this movie basically is a whole way, it totally it fits with what Feast is. But the reason why I'm bringing it up, because it's not just for the obvious comparisons between the styles of movies, but Dwayne Whitaker's in this. And Dwayne Whitaker is in Blood Money. He's in the second from Dust right. Till Dawn. The better of the better of the Dust Till Dawn movies, in yes, my opinion. And he he in this is playing again the eloquently named characters Boss Man. <laughs> yes. You know who else is in this movie, dude? I totally forgot until I was like, no, is that fucking Tretch from Naughty by Nature? And sure as shit it is. Yeah. Yeah. Until I was watching it, I had no recollection of that. Like, I was like, what? What? Yeah. What is this? What is this yeah. witchcraft? There's other people we forgot who are in this movie who are great. Like, I dude, Eileen Ryan is grandma. She's so great. Dude. And, and I love how they play it up the whole time. Like, she knows all this shit and she's not telling anybody. Like, she knows what the yes, creatures are, correct. but she's not saying anything. I love when Getty's, like, fucking interrogating her and he's sure that she knows what the... Come on, you're old and his logic is so <laughs> stupid. You're old. You know things. <laughs> Perfect, dude. It's so, like, yeah, that's what he would say. Um, yeah. The movie's a lot of fun because the characters... I mean, it's it's almost like... I feel like there's a lot of ad-libbing going on and it's just the actors trapped yeah. in a space doing their thing. Um, and it's all working. I mean, you know, I, it's funny, Eileen Ryan, to me, the moment I saw her, I was like, oh my God. Because to me, the first thing when I see her is I think of her in At Close Range. 
as Sean and Chris Penn's mom. Oh my God. So yeah. As soon as you started talking, I'm like, wait, all right. I always forget right? about that. Because yeah. yes, because she, because she, she, you know, how's your mic? And, and then I think about walking and I'm like, God damn it. Where's Christopher Walken? <laughs> he should roll right in. Dude, her, her drop freezed thing introduction when it said yes. blue, blue Mick Jagger recently, I literally had to stop. I was laughing so hard. I stopped the movie. Yeah. And it's extra funny because you and I were talking about <laughs> about the Super Bowl yes. and about how Usher, like at least it wasn't some old rocker, some AOR bullshit. Dinosaur nonsense. You, we talked about that last night. Fucking Twitter's recommending me to follow Mick Jagger. And yeah. then here we are. <laughs> and then Eileen Ryan blew him recently. Um, <laughs> so good. Yeah, it was uh, the movie's a lot of fun. It, it's funny because it, it, while it does fit into the motif of the of the month, it's totally unlike the other two movies. Yeah. There's no government people. That's the great thing about this too is there's no explanation where these fucking things ever came right. from. There, there's no like the military doesn't show up to nuke the fucking bar or anything. No. Dude, I love. I, now I can't remember. Was it was it heroin or Tuffy? Who drives away in the truck? <laughs> they just fucking they get out there and then they just they're like she's leaving and she. Just leaves. Oh, she just pieces out. I think. Yeah. I, I think it was. Um, I think it was Jenny Wade's character. I think it was Honeypot, wasn't it? Oh yeah, probably. I mean, again, watching <laughs> it, uh, I'm like, who's? It, it was really hard for me to keep track of who was who because I didn't really. It didn't really matter. Like because I, I, I said Honeypot, it's Honeypie. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, honey I didn't know you meant. Yes, <laughs> the actress. Yes, I love Jenny Wade. She's great. How about this one too? You got the mom, right? She goes, I want to get the the other mom, the one that kind of, not the one that lives there and works there, because the Allen's character. Harley mom? No, no. The other, the one that comes in after Eric Dane. Where's my husband? Navi. Yes. Yeah, Navi Rawat. Yeah, yeah. She's the one yeah. talking about her kid, right? Because right. you know, you kind of, they're the ones you kind of see at the beginning of the movie, sort of. And... I think that I think her kid is the only kid that lives because the baby monster dies. Right. Fucking Krista Allen's kid gets eaten. <laughs> so it's like, dude, monsters in this movie don't fuck around, dude. And I and I love that. They, that's another thing too about the movie. They take tropes of general movie tropes and turn them on this ear, and they even take horror movie tropes and just say, yeah, that doesn't mean anything here. And they use that against you a lot too. But the thing is that makes a movie so fun is it just, if you can't settle into this movie and just enjoy it for what it is and just being a wacky, low budget indie horror movie. And again, I know Ben Affleck could produce it. I know Matt Damon produced it, but this is also fucking 19 years ago. It's not like they were, you know, setting the world on fire from, from a producer and directing standpoint. The sequels that come after this, again, very low budget. I think both, both sequels, in total were the budget of this movie by itself. And by the way, they never answer the question of what these creatures are, which again, they're, they know what this movie is because it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where they come from. No, dude. I, I love the fact that like, they're just a bunch of collective weirdos at a fucking rando bar out in the middle yeah. of fucking Texas. Yeah. And, and, I, and I like the fact that, we don't know where they go. We don't know where they. We don't know where they came from, and we don't know where they would go if they were to escape. Right, and it doesn't matter. Like, there's no help coming. The, no. It it doesn't fall for any of those. Tro- it's like it's almost like a one-off. Like, hey, this is just some random shit that happened, and 
aliens dropped into the middle and they're just here at the bar and we we don't we we've picked it up in the middle right like heroin and hero break into the fucking bar and they tell us what's these motherfuckers are coming and it's going to happen but no one that's it we're literally it's like we're starting in the middle of of something we've missed we've missed the first 25 minutes of the movie and now we're like we're, we're starting in the second act and it's great and i love it and it's so much fun to sit and sort of like see all these people doing, they don't make movies like this now. Like we don't no. get this kind of schlocky. I mean, it's pretty schlocky, dude. Oh, Tony yeah. Cliff's creatures are great, but they, they really do have that sort of um, late eighties, early nineties pumpkin head. Uh, yeah. What was uh, yeah. what's, what's the movie? A night breed kind of vibe to them. Yeah. And uh I guess even the early 2000s, they, they were kind of, that was making a comeback. And then somehow we killed it again. And now we just get, you know, the run of the mill bullshit that we get. But th- this movie is, so, it, it, it's such a good time. I'm going to have to watch the other two now because I've never seen them. I never, I never went past Feast One. I've never seen two or three. So Hero, with Eric Dane's character, it was offered to Mark Wahlberg and he turned it down. Good. <laughs> yeah. In total duh fashion, Dash Duhamel was interested, but he couldn't do it because of scheduling conflict. Now, 2005, wasn't he doing Vegas during yeah, that time? I think so. Yeah. That sounds right. Talk about a guilty pleasure of television. I fucking love that show. I shouldn't have. It should have been fucking terrible. But, oh, no. Yeah, 2003, 2008, there's your scheduling problem. Fuck, was it really on for five years? God. Vegas? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. The movie had... There's that, this is funny about it. Unless you watch Project Greenlight, all these little insides don't come off a disc, don't come off of trivia you can find online. It's all you have to watch the show. Unfortunately, you can't find it anywhere. I even looked. You can't even, like, if you wanted to rent it or buy the digital copies. Again, we're, well, we tell yeah. you all to refrain from buying anything digital <laughs> for obvious reasons. Well, and it doesn't look like you can find Feast 2 or 3 anywhere except for disc. There, yeah, there was a three pack of it. I think, yeah, I don't, I'm surprised it's not on Tubi though. And I don't. Well, none of it's on Tubi because the first one's on, I had to rent the first one on Amazon because I don't have Plex. But for Feast? Yeah, I had to rent it to digital. Is it not on Tubi anymore? No. It wasn't on Tubi when I put it in. Like Tubi, oh, I it's couldn't not. Find, no. It's not now, but it nope. was when I watched it. It wasn't when I watched it. I watched it oh, that's Saturday. Crazy. I watched it Sunday morning. Yeah, it's just Plex and Roku channel. And that surprises me. That, again, it wasn't like that three days, four days ago. Yeah, and the, the other two are really only available on disc, which is good. But like, again, I got a, oh, you can buy like Feast 2-pack, Feast 1 and 2. Oh, yeah, 3 is not even. <laughs> why why is it buy a 3-pack though? It's so silly. Why isn't there a 3-pack? Why is it a 2-pack only? Stupid. Yeah, and if you know, and if you know anything about the movies, this, what makes it all the funnier is the second one's called Sloppy Seconds, and the third one's called to call uh, the Happy Finish. Yeah, well, I mean, look, they obviously have a sense of humor. Yeah, there it is, Feast Two, Sloppy Seconds, unrated. It Gould directed all three. Good, so, as he should have. There's a, so there's a, the sense of yeah. humor is remains intact. The tone. Yeah. Yeah, scene, and I think, and I can't remember. Did the second one have? Did Jenny come in the second one? I can't remember if she. Yeah, was she's in the, in the second, second one. Jenny Wade. Yeah, she's in the yeah. second one. Well, because mm-hmm. the reason why it's weird, because but that's the only connection, by the way. Oh, that's right. Correct me if I'm wrong here. For those of you who have seen, it. I haven't seen the second one or the third one in years. 
But I think what happens. And well, Clue Gallagher, Clue, Clue's in the second one. He is. And I don't, and I don't know why. How does and, he end up being the second one? Oh, okay. So. And Judah Friedlander somewhere. I mean, I'm just looking at yeah, the cast Yeah, it's list. because, but don't you remember. Those flashbacks? The, I think in the second one, they all get to this, they get killed as they're driving into this new town. They get killed like right at the very beginning of the movie that they're gone. I hope they're all in a car accident. <laughs> they just get killed unrelated to the monsters. No, it's, like right, it's right by a train. I think they get, I forgot what happens. I, I've never seen, I've never seen the second or third one. Yeah. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but that's, yeah. I, again, I, I can't help but reiterate this. I really wish Project Greenlight was on these discs. It's one of those things that really frustrated me when the movie came out, the first movie came out on disc that they didn't have like a second disc. But again, it's, it's probably the same reason why we can't find it now. It's, it's a rights thing. It didn't Bravo go under. No, Bravo's still around, right? Yeah. Bravo's still around. Mm-hmm. It's, but uh, but they totally change what they do because they're all they're all about real housewives and all that kind of shit now. So yeah, I don't know why we can't find us anywhere. I'm wondering. I'm you know I you know I'm gonna put out. <laughs> I'm gonna just when, like when um, Monster Palooza comes back, I'm gonna hit some of the hit some of the vendors and see if any of them have any of the like blue uh, boot, bootlegs on disc of the Project Greenlight. Maybe they will, but. I, you know, I used to have those on my DVR long ago when I had my own TiVo, <laughs> but not anymore. Long ago and far away. Right. I only remember seeing the first one uh, when it came out. I think I bought it like at Best Buy, like because it was one of those. It had the extreme, you know. And I knew, and I knew what it was, and but it, had, it was from the extreme. Remember when they put those extreme and they put it sideways, just like it is on the thing. And yeah. I used to buy a lot of those titles, like Mulberry Street. I saw all those things, and I had a bunch of them. And I think I bought the first one, but I never got it. I never got around to seeing the other ones. And, and now I'm now I got to. I don't know why, where I was, what I was doing, or what was it, what was going through my head at the time. But now I'm going to see them. Damn it. I wanted to kind of go back to the, we didn't lean on too much, but when you're getting the title cards and explanation, almost like a, the back of your baseball card moments when you're introducing yeah. all the characters, when they get the Jason Muse playing himself, they all, by the way, all of them all have a life. The last thing you see on the list is life expectancy, right? Right. And it is Jason Muse once said life expectancy. He's already surpassed all expectations. Yes. That was pretty great. Yeah. No, there, there's some really good ones, dude. Yeah. The other one that made me laugh out loud, other than Blue Jagger, was Hot Wheels. Uh, was it selling sales fireworks to children or some stupid shit? It made me laugh. <laughs> but again, oh, and what was the other? The other one is in in three minutes is going to rob this bar. I mean, they're they're just great. And then the you know again, once the shit hits the fan, like it all goes out the window. Everything they just told you was a lie, and you're like, you motherfuckers. Right. So now you know that none of what you just saw means shit. Right. And and again, it, it's just another, the movie's definitely, everybody's having fun. Like, and, right. and they were all, I mean, I bet this was like a blast to be on the set. Cause I can tell you it wasn't a blast on Shaker Heights. It, it felt torturous at times. Uh, but this seems like a whole different thing. I mean, they had one location too. That's probably the other reason I, I would imagine the budget went down. I, it it's all takes place in one, you know, one, right. one big set as opposed to like Shaker Heights. We were all over the place. We were in Altadena. We were in Van Nuys. We, uh, we shot in Westwood on the, there's a, 
over there off the UCLA campus, there's an old, there was a, like an abandoned VA hospital and we were all over the place. And, you know, that's the kiss of death for a low budget movie. You know, when you're trying to make a small movie is the more you move around, the more times you have to move base camp. They always say like, you know, that's what kills you when you, when, when all the wheels have to get up and move. So, right. This movie never had to move once they were, you know, once they were in their location, they were in their location. So, but I, it just seems like they're, they're having a great time. The actors and definitely John has a wicked sense of humor um, as a filmmaker. And he, right. he just pushes, he just kind of pushes all the right buttons. Do I think it's right. the greatest movie I've ever seen? Absolutely not. No. But is it one of the most fun, especially for this genre? I mean, and dude, it's listed as a dark comedy, you know, action horror film. The dark comedy really come kicks through because they're not, trying at all they're just right. succeeding at it so uh you know i was glad that we kind of threw this into the mix right. <laughs> because i don't remember the last time i saw it and i don't know that i would have watched it had we not chose it for to cover i, I don't think i would it, it wasn't something i'd be like you know i gotta watch feast i've ne- something i'd never said till now yeah <laughs> the the uh play of, on all the tropes you see right away without having to, it's not even expositional, the title cards, right? The introduction cards, they're not expositional, but they still tell you like about the Robbins place in five minutes, that whole bit, I can let you know who everybody is. Like I said, it's just a mixed bag and the kind of riff raff that you would run into in the middle of this desert. And again, they know, you mentioned Texas earlier. There's lots of things you can lean on where this could be, but it really is desert town, USA. It could be anywhere. Right. It's not like with White Sands where it's New Mexico or Flashpoint, which was Texas, right? Yeah, Flashpoint is Texas, so, uh-huh. So you don't really have that, which is why, which again, just like out of all the four movies that were covered this month, this one having an, uh, just a generic desert setting fits perfectly because the other three are very specific locations. Um, this, it's a nutty ass movie. There's no way to put it. If you've never seen Feast before, and there's for whatever reason, here's what you need to know about it. If you dig the wackiness of Sam Raimi from the from the eighties, this is your cup of tea. If you dig the complete wackiness that Robert Rodriguez is able to pull off in the latter half of From Dust Till Dawn, or you love the Blood Money sequel and or the Hangman's Daughter, those sequels to those. Yep. This is in your wheelhouse. Absolutely. It's right there to just chew up 88 minutes of your time because yes, the movie's 87 minutes, but I find myself rewinding going, fuck, what happened with that again? I had to rewind it like going because I'm laughing so hard. Like, you know, you laugh more than once and this laugh so hard. I mean, I had to laugh my head, throw my back head moments. And yeah. I've seen the movie a dozen times. So it wasn't like it was new to me. It's just, it had been so long. So it was, it felt fresh. Yeah, no, hundred percent, dude. Like that to me too. I, I remembered pieces of it when they happened, but for the most part, I was just like it was like watching a movie for the first time again. It, you know, it's funny about Jenny Wade. Is Jenny Wade? Um, she's in one of my favorite movies that I talk about all the time. Ice Harvest. She was Cupcake in Ice Harvest. She's great. But I forgot, dude. She she is in. She makes a brief. I don't want to say cameo. She makes a brief appearance in Red Eye, which is uh, one of the few Wes Craven movies that I really do dig. Jenny Wade's great. Always. She's always fun. Solid, she's always fun and cute as a button. She's always cute. 
You know what's crazy, is, dude? She was she was he played Helga in Eight Simple Rules. If you want to take it back to last week's Kickstarter. Oh, you mean yesterday's? <laughs> Whatever, man. Was that yesterday? Just yesterday? By the time people hear this, it'll be last week, or it'll be yeah. it'll be earlier this week, or something. You know, it's pre Valentine's. Yeah, and Reaper. She played. I mentioned Reaper earlier, and she played Nina on that. But and again, I think Nina was. A, I'm pretty sure Nina was a. Nina was just a demon. That's what it was. But then she falls for Ben. Nina. The I love that show, dude. That's another damn show, dude, where it just get this weird thing about it. But ABC.com, ABC.com and ABC app, they still exist in both seasons of Reaper on there. So if you guys want to watch that. Dude. Anyway, that's anyway. the Jenny Wade love fest. I know. It's hard, but it's hard not to because yeah. like anytime, anytime she's Again. on screen, like. <laughs> yes. I'm with with Balthazar and, and Hot Wheels are like staring her down while she's wiping goo all off of her. Yeah. Like act like you've had some. And Balthazar's like, oh, I've had some. And then Hot Wheels like, I haven't. <laughs> so yeah, good. I mean, again, the whole movie, it, 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 there's lots of, it It feels very natural. It, it's yeah. like they're Adelaide. Everybody's having a good time. Yeah. Uh, it's a good time to watch. If you haven't seen it, seen it for the first time, it's a blast. If it, you know, if you dig that kind of movie, then you should definitely see this because yeah. you're going to probably just be like me. You're going to want to watch the other two. We, we both literally just ordered the movies on eBay. <laughs> yeah. Because why not? Because why not? Because why not? Feast. Febru buried. There you go. So you want to follow the show on the socials. You can follow us at Karate Pod on Twitter, Insta, and Letterboxd. If you want to follow Corey on Letterboxd, it's Corey underscore Culp. And on Instagram, is Culprit97. And if you want to follow some other socials and other linkage, you can look at the bottom of our episode show notes under Karate in the Garage linkage, and you'll find everything there. If you'd like to follow me on Instagram, I'm at rockandroller33. If you'd like to follow me on Letterboxd, I'm at Tom Cody on Letterboxd. If you'd like to follow me at Blue Sky, it's the real John Ladd at Blue Sky. <laughs>